Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. I got to start today's show by acknowledging the passing of a great man, Herman Cain. Died yesterday at the age of 74. Not a young man, but uh, certainly he had uh, some good years left if the the uh, China virus had not gotten him. I knew Herman a, a little bit. I took a, a few meetings with him uh, as part of my uh, nonprofit charitable works in Atlanta. He was a very generous uh, man. He was also very civic-minded. When you took a meeting with Herman Cain, you better have your ducks in a row and know exactly what uh, what you're asking for and how you're going to put it to the best use. He was also, uh, when you sat down with Herman Cain, you knew he was the CEO because he would examine uh, your plans and uh, make very helpful suggestions on how to approve the efficiency and eff- effectiveness of whatever goal you were trying to achieve. He, he deeply believed uh, in the opportunity of America and uh, preached the the gospel of opportunity and entrepreneurship his whole life. Of course, he took over uh, Neil Bortz's top-rated syndicated radio show out of WSB there in Atlanta, and he um, he, he never missed a beat. He carried right on with those uh, those Bafo ratings for Neil Bortz. He was deeply loved. Uh, by by the people that uh, listen to Herman Cain. And uh, he's going to be missed. Of course, the ghouls uh, came out to celebrate over at CNN. They almost could not contain their glee. Herman Cain, Herman Cain uh, long-time uh, businessman, long- of course, Republican presidential candidate, has died at the age of 74. We should note that he was diagnosed with COVID following his attendance at a Trump campaign rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a couple of weeks back. Well, we should note that he attended a, a Trump rally. We don't know that that's where he got it from. But uh, even if it were, that wouldn't be the appropriate time on the announcement of his passing to try to turn it into a political um, cause. 
CNN could have highlighted the great life of Herman Cain. He was a presidential candidate. Um, I think that was two cycles ago, and uh, and he moved uh, the Republican Party uh, closer back to its roots as a result of that. From the White House, uh, the president um, mourned the passing of Herman. The passing of a wonderful man and a dear friend of mine, Herman Cain. He was a very special person. I got to know him very well. And unfortunately, he passed away from a thing called the China virus. And we send our prayers to Herman's great wife, Gloria, wonderful family. And I have to say, America grieves for all of the 150,000 Americans who had their lives taken by this horrible, invisible enemy. We more- So, you know, I, 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 Herman Cain has gone on to his reward. He is, he is in a better place now. But uh, we will miss him until we are all one day reunited. You can bet if they've got any uh, improvements to their operations to make in heaven, that Herman Cain will be on the front line. So the president caused an uproar yesterday. Uh, he sent out a tweet um, that uh, called out concern over the upcoming election. I think they're very valid concerns. He said, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the United States. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, you know, those concerns are legitimate, but uh, the fact is the election cannot be delayed. The election is uh, set in the Constitution, uh, which instructs uh, Congress to set the date. Uh, They're not going to change uh, the election date, uh, even if, uh, you know, it were warranted, uh, they, they certainly wouldn't because they, the Democrats in the House of Representatives think they're in the driver's seat now. But these mail-in ballots are, are a real issue. This is not something to be um, uh, considered lightly. You know, I've, uh, I've, read, I've voted in every presidential election and most off-year elections my whole life, and I've moved a lot. A whole lot. And not once when I moved did I ever contact the registrar to uh, to cancel my registration. Nobody cancels their re- registration when they move or, or when they die. And as a result of that, you've got uh, millions and millions of voters, tens of millions of voters on the rolls across this country that no longer live in that state. Or they're no longer alive. We have seen through these uh, these primaries where these states like California and New York and Michigan and Illinois have uh, you know just poured out uh, mass uh, ballots to everybody registered. We've seen videos of these ballots piled up on the floors in apartment buildings. Uh, we've seen you know huge stacks of them uh, on top of mailboxes outside. Um. This is this is not a, you know a conspiracy theory. This is a disaster in the making. A uh, a local news station up in Philadelphia conducted a um, 
a, an experiment on mail-in voting. This is what they found. We decided to test it, sending 100 mock ballots simulating 100 voters from locations all across Philadelphia to a P.O. box we set up to represent a local election office. In the following week, we checked our P.O. box for the results. Mail pickup notice, there's more. When we went to collect everything, though, most of our votes seem to be lost. That's all I have back there right now. You're sure? You're totally sure? Right then. Okay, take care. We had to ask for a manager and explain ourselves before someone finally found our votes. One, two. Well, those votes are around here somewhere. The problem is when they counted them at the end, uh, they 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 had sent out a hundred and they only got back ninety-seven. That's three percent. That is uh, well within the margin to decide. Uh, the last election, certainly, and probably this upcoming election as well. They had a uh, a primary in New York where Elliot Engel, who is in the House leadership, uh, was going up against one of these uh, Democrat socialists, so-called. I think we should uh, stop calling them that and call them what they are. They're Marxists. But he uh, they, ha- they had this mail-in voting, and it's a, kind of a close election. Elliot Engel still has not conceded the election, though he is behind but the problem is they don't know when to stop counting votes because all of these mail-in ballots that Andrew Cuomo sent out, um, they, they're not postmarked. The, the uh, post office never postmarked them. And, of course, any ballots that were mailed after uh, Election Day are not supposed to count. So you're going to have a, a, a perfect example right there in New York of what we're probably going to look at in uh, in November. There's no postmarks. They don't know which ballots to count and when to stop counting. And in this country, these are 50 state elections. We don't have a national election per se. We have 50 state elections. And uh, some of the states, the swing states, that Trump needs to win uh, the election and won but just by uh, 80,000 votes in 2016 are the states controlled by Democrats that are going to just blanket the whole state with ballots. And we have seen again and again that Democrats have and will continue to engage in election fraud. We got news yesterday that the gross domestic product uh, was down by 33%. That's the largest drop on record since uh, since they began keeping records in 1947. It is a, a disastrous um, statistic. Now, if it's true, we don't know that, in fact, it's true because uh, – uh, there, there's a lot of monkey business going on. Uh, if you, if you want to see what I'm talking about, you can run over to the Gateway Pundit. They've got uh, uh, economists running these numbers and saying that they don't add up or subtract up. I guess in this case, you would say. But I'm, I'm not at all surprised that the gross domestic pro- product has cratered. I'm surprised actually it's not by more, because uh, you know we we shut down the economy. We put 
thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of businesses across this country out of business because they weren't able to survive these lockdowns. And we made sure that the rest of them were uh, just limping along, trying to keep their head above water. And and now, of course, they're uh, demanding that more shutdowns be put into place. Here is a economist over on CNN named Kativa Patel uh, bringing up that specter. Would you be recommending um, a, a shelter in place in these hotspots at this point? I, I think it's it's got to be considered, yes. Now, I say that knowing the serious gravity with which the implications of that on oh, working families, oh, et cetera. But, Chuck, we got here because we're not taking it seriously. We've had no national strategy, as you Why pointed not? out. And on top of we've had no national strategy. Remember when Trump was saying that he was going to uh, to um, determine which states have to lock down? They immediately uh, jumped on him because, well, that's not in the president's authority. And uh, and what they did was put together guidelines for the states to go by. Uh, most of them did apply by those guidelines, but to say that there was no national strategy is just an out uh, out and out lie. The uh, the six hundred dollars uh, weekly unemployment subsidy that they passed in uh, phase two of the stimulus that gives employees six hundred dollars extra a week on top of their regular unemployment runs out today. Uh, and God, I hope that Congress has the sense not to incentivize people to stay at home. That $600 subsidy had a large um, effect on this collapse in the GDP because it it paid two-thirds of the people that received that were making more money not working than they were by working, and most of them were in uh, in low-paying uh, you know retail-type jobs. So they had every incentive not to go back to work, and employers were desperate to get people back to work but couldn't get them off their couch collecting their government check. So there, we're being told now that uh, the, the China virus deaths have now topped 150,000. Um, I don't buy that number. I have seen repeatedly where these, uh, these numbers have been uh, inflated. They have actually incentivized hospitals to classify people as uh, China virus deaths. You get 35, I've heard 35 or $39,000 if that death is attributed to the China virus. And uh, here in Florida, we, you know, we've seen uh, stories of people that were killed on, in motorcycle wrecks and, uh, and by uh, domestic violence as being classified as COVID-19 deaths. I don't know how much you would diminish that 150000 by. I would, th- I would guess probably by at least one-third. But, you know, they, they, uh, the, the left is celebrating, again, uh, this, this big number because they think it makes Trump look bad. Pointing out that, you know, we've had more deaths than any country in Europe. First of all, you know, the European countries are more like a U.S. state. But even then, they refuse to acknowledge the fact that hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin is a, a routine treatment for the China virus in Europe and many other parts of the country here. We've actually had States ban its use 
for uh, for off label uh, prescription. Uh, all of this will end, of course, after the November election. Uh, all of this will be put back into pro- uh, perspective. And, of course, uh, the left-wing media will get all on board with, um, you know, uh, moving moving on. We've time to move on. Of course, the uh, the preferred candidate of uh, the, le- uh, the media is old Joe Biden, who continues to say things like this. When you and I first met, we had a relatively small population, and we called at the time a Hispanic population, mostly Puerto Ricans, American citizens already. But, you know, in the 2020 census, which is now two censuses ago. What? 2020 census was two censuses ago? Could you explain that to me, Joe? You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Hey, we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Well, I'll be honest with you. Joe Biden's in the driver's seat. Joe Biden is in a perfect position. All he has to do is sit on the sidelines. I guess I should say sit in his basement and, uh, you know, go out on these Zoom conferences and criticize the president. He's he's just able to stand on the sidelines and throw rocks. And uh, we're, we're really just learning what a disaster it's going to be if he gets in by virtue of looking at who he's considering for his vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, uh, who Politico uh, published a, a post-dated article saying that she was the choice, be a disaster for this country. She is, well, first and foremost, she's uh, hollow. She doesn't have, you know, any uh, depth of knowledge on any of these topics. She got to her position in California by virtue of uh, who she slept with, which was Willie Brown, who was at the time the speaker of the, uh, the house, or I mean, the speaker. Yeah. The speaker of the house in, uh, in California, she, um, she is deeply racist. Every thought she has is, is based on, you know, reparations and, and, uh, and color of the skin. Another candidate that, that Biden has got on his short list is Karen Bass. And you just can't wrap your mind around, the fact that this woman could be being considered for vice president of the United States every year, she travels to Cuba a couple of times. She is a, a radical Marxist representing uh, a district in, uh, in Los Angeles. Both of these, uh, potential candidates are, uh, are deeply racist. And here is a fellow named Pedro Gonzalez who was appearing on Tucker's show talking about that. 
Both of them have no problem with essentially portraying white people as the, the group that needs to be disadvantaged for other groups in this country to succeed. Oh, man. You know, there, um, uh, Karen Bass is one of the major proponents for uh, reinstituting race-based discrimination in California. California passed a, a proposition, I guess it's been about a decade ago, that said you are not allowed to discriminate based on race. Well, uh, Karen Bass, thanks to Karen Bass and other of these uh, far leftists out in California, they're uh, in the process of revoking that uh, that amendment to the California Constitution and reinstituting race-based uh, hiring and, uh, and benefits practices. Old Joe Piscopo, he's got a, uh, a show on uh, a New Jersey radio station right outside of New York City. And he is uh, making predictions about the upcoming election. If Joe Biden wins, if he's out within the week. If he gets there, Kamala Harris, whoever the vice president is going to be there. You're going to take the camera and they're going to have the, the, those little pressers inside the cabinet room in the White House. And in the cabinet of the presidency of the United States of America will be Elon Omar, an avowed racist who hates Israel. You can have Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, Swalwall. Swalwall. You can have all those people. They're going to be in the administration. You're going to have scary. You're going to have AOC in charge of this nation's energy policy. You're going to have Ilhan Omar, a major uh, player in our foreign policy. You're going to have Beto O'Rourke trying to uh, to rescind the Second Amendment to the Constitution and take your guns. You're going to have uh, Swalwell. He's probably going to be high up in the Justice Department. <laughs> it is going to be a shit show. Piscopo went on to express some optimism. Something's going to happen in October. The October surprise is going to be something that happens, and I predict the president wins in a landslide. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I don't think there's going to be any landslides. I think if the president does manage to hang on, it's going to be by the skin of his teeth over the objections of these uh, these blue state mayors that are going to be airdropping ballots all across their states. We are up against it, ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners. Have you seen these photographs that are coming out of Portland of these uh, munitions that they, the Antifa rioters have been using against federal law enforcement? There was a, a photograph on there. What they're doing is they're taking these commercial-grade um, fireworks, and they're combining them. They're taping them together and putting them on one fuse, but it's not enough that they're doing that. They're, they're uh, putting shrapnel on these bombs. Uh, nails to throw at these uh, these federal law enforcement officers in the courthouse there. It was uh, just recently that they, they threw one of these and blew uh, a, a hole in the side of a police precinct. Not sure if that wall was masonry. You would think that any police precinct would be built of masonry, but blew a, actually blew a hole. We continue to be told that these are just peaceful protesters. But they are, in fact, using... Uh, you know, munitions at this point, they're responsible for at least 25 deaths during these riots. 
And these Antifa members, they've got to be uh, the most despicable characters on the public scene. They're using these lasers, these commercial-grade lasers that come with warnings. Do not uh, you know, aim at anybody's eyes because it will cause blindness in an eighth of a second. They're using these commercial-grade lasers that will start a fire on a piece of paper from 50 feet. They're aiming them at the eyes of law enforcement personnel. And when they do arrest these lunatics, it turns out, at least in Portland and uh, and also in Minneapolis, that a large number of them turn out to be school teachers. The ones that don't want to go back to work, by the way, and teach your children. Probably better that they don't. Because they're filling your children's minds with this uh, Marxist revolutionary ideology. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, John Lewis's funeral yesterday and what the, the sainted one had to say. We'll uh, catch up on what's going on over in China at the Three Gorges Dam right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So they had the funeral for John Lewis yesterday at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. And, um, you know, we've been told, including in Georgia, that you're not allowed to have funerals anymore. The, the risk is too great from COVID. But in true Marxist fashion, the, the rules don't apply to the people that make the rules. And they had a, a well-attended funeral at Ebenezer Baptist Church. It wasn't as packed to the rafters as I've seen other funerals there, but there was no social distancing going on. People were sitting right next to each other in the pews. And, uh, you know, it's just a classic representation. Do as I say, not as I do. There was, of course, no criticism 
of this funeral the same way there was, uh, you know, in the media celebrating Herman Cain's passing because uh, he attended that that, uh, political rally in Tulsa. And uh, the sainted one, the chosen one, Barack Obama, showed up and uh, took the opportunity of uh, a man's funeral to uh, do what he does best, one, engage in politics, and two, be just thoroughly and completely dishonest when he's doing it. Where we are judged by the content of our character. He knew from his own life that progress is fragile, that we have to be vigilant against the dark occurrence of this country's history of our own history, with their whirlpools of violence and hatred and despair that can always rise again. Bull Connor may be gone, but today we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. They kneel on the necks of white Americans too, Obama. George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. Seriously? The peaceful demonstrators trope again? Are we back at that? (laughs) I mean... uh, uh, I guess there's a large part of this nation that gets their news from network newscasts and CNN and MSNBC and actually believe that these are peaceful demonstrations as businesses get burned out and looted and, uh, and rioters are and their 60th day of sustained attack on a federal courthouse, former president of the United States going up there and calling the attacks on a federal courthouse peaceful demonstrations while the large audience that's assembled in spite of the the COVID restrictions nods their heads and, and claps like a bunch of seals. I'm hoping this is a different clip uh, from now. Let me uh, let me try to find it. Apologize. Here he is um, promoting mail-in balloting as part of the Democrat strategy to retake the White House. Even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities and students with restrictive ID laws and attacking our voting rights with surgical precision, even undermining the Postal Service in the run-up to an election that's going to be dependent on mail-in ballots so people don't get sick. Oh. Here we go. So he goes back to the old trope of voter ID is somehow racist, requiring people to show 
an identification at a polling place so that we know that uh, they are who they say they are. That is racist. Never mind that it applies to everybody, and there's no reason to believe that black people aren't just as capable of getting an ID than anybody else. As a matter of fact, you can't you can't live in this country without some form of ID. You can't get a job. You can't get on an airplane. You can't apply to school. You can't you can't buy cigarettes or uh, or alcohol. But the Democrats insist that we can't possibly have identification to vote. Why would that be? <laughs> Why would the Democrats sue any state that tries to implement voter ID? They're losing, by the way, because it's such an absurd argument. But they fight it, and they if they ever get control of state governments, they eliminate voter ID so they can continue to hold on to government. And then he goes on and says that these mail-in ballots are absolutely necessary for this election. You know, people conflate or confuse uh, absentee ballots where there is a, a system. You have to request it. You have to apply for it. You have signature checks. That's not what's going on. They're not doing signature checks. Hell, they're not even postmarking these ballots. They're just uh, sending them out to everybody on the list and and waiting to see how many they need to win on Election Day. And in many of these states, they've done it without any uh, authorization from the legislature. They've just done it by executive fiat from these Democrat governors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, Trump is right. This is going this election is going to be. A travesty. I predict that it's going to be decided by the Supreme Court. Because uh, if Trump wins, or if he's ahead on Election Day, they're immediately going to send out swarms of lawyers to fight it until, uh, you know, to fight to keep the uh, counting the ballots until Biden is declared the winner. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to all end up in court. Hmm. Out in Portland, um, DHS has uh, offered to leave if the state and the city will just do their job in order to protect federal property. The, uh, the governor out there, I um, uh, can't remember her name, Kate Brown, I believe it is. She uh, was crowing on Twitter saying that uh, the federal government has been an occupying force and now they're going to leave. DHS responded, not so fast. This is a phased withdrawal and will be implemented only if and when the state and or city police demonstrate uh, that they are willing and able to protect this courthouse. I'm gar- I guarantee you if those f- federal uh, Law enforcement officers pull out. The uh, the governor and the Antifa mayor of Portland will, in fact, at some point stand down and let these these rioters have their access to that courthouse. There will probably be a small small contingent of federal marshals that are usually their their duty is to uh, to screen you know. Uh, people coming into the courthouse left there to protect it, and they will be utterly overwhelmed. 
I think it's a very bad idea. It's sort of terrible precedent for the feds to stand down at this point, relying on on these uh, these far left politicians to do their jobs because they they see their jobs quite differently than uh, than enforcing the law. Their jobs are to uh, to you know facilitate this Marxist revolution. So, you know, Bill Barr is uh, head of uh, the Department of Justice. He testified at the House Judiciary Committee last week. And this was a question that uh, none of the Democrats seem willing to answer. Well, starting with the, uh, they're dangerous because uh, they are purporting to keep on the outside uh, duly constituted authority of the government. They're also, to me, uh, outrageous because these pe- the people who are living now under this autonomous zone haven't selected the government. They've selected the duly authorized government of the city and the state. So it's quite an outrage that, that people would, would take, use force to take over an area. What, what makes me concerned for the country is this is the first time in my memory that the leaders of one of our great two political parties – uh, the Democratic Party are not coming out and condemning mob violence and the attack on federal courts. Uh, why can't we just say, you know, the violence against federal courts has to stop? Could we hear something like that? Could we hear something like that? Not a peep. Not a peep out of any of the Democrats on the, on the Judiciary Committee saying that, no, we ought not to allow... Uh, rioters to overrun a federal courthouse. Biden, of course, stirred himself to make some mild uh, statements of condemnation, saying, well, it'd probably be better, probably be better if they didn't riot and attack federal law officers. But it's, it's not just a matter of silence on behalf of the Democrats. You had the highest ranking Democrat elected official in the nation Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, come out and call federal law enforcement agents stormtroopers. You had uh, uh, Claiborne, the third-ranking Democrat, call them Gestapo. And you got AOC uh, uh, going on there. She's the leader of the, the millennial generation of the Democrat Party. Have no doubt about that. She took to Twitter and said, our civil liberties are on the brink. This is not a drill. There's no excuse for snatching women off the street and throwing them into unmarked vans. To protect our rights is to give them away. To not protect our rights is to give them away. It is our responsibility to resist authoritarianism. And she attached a video of an arrest in New York City of a young woman that had uh, been caught on, on cameras going around and disabling the surveillance cameras around a federal courthouse in New York City. The federal marshals identified her, saw her on the street, and took the opportunity to arrest her before she could do any more damage. And AOC classifies that as snatching women off the street, throwing them into unmarked vans. Well, the reason those vans are unmarked is because they would be attacked if they were, how many burning police vehicles do we need to see before we realize that that is one of their tactics? And the reason they, 
they uh, grab them so quickly and leave the areas before a violent mob can form to start attacking police officers. The ACLU is suing over that. We're receiving reports, they say, of at least one protester abducted off the streets by unmarked officers. Well, you can look at the video. They're not unmarked officers. And they're, they're not abducting anybody. They're arresting people. They're arresting violent protesters. And they're going to, to throw them in jail where they're going to hold them hostage until they can take them before a federal judge and, uh, and press charges. <laughs> the dishonesty. And uh, you know what? And it's working. That's the sad thing. I, I was talking to some um, friends of mine who, you know, just hate Trump bitterly. And they're talking, uh, they're using that language as they're kidnapping people. They're abducting them. So that's where we are, where we are now. This wasn't a random abduction. This woman was a suspect caught violating federal law on video camera. She was identified. Police use unmarked cars all the time. I mean, that's nothing new. And the detectives don't wear uniforms. But in this case, uh, you know, uniform bicycle cops were protecting uh, the vehicle from the mob. So, uh, and another reason these federal officers, uh, you know, are not wearing name tags is because Antifa is busy uh, doxing as many federal officers as they can. They came to. Uh, the uh, the, re- the director of Homeland Security's office, or, I mean home, while his while he was out doing his work and his wife and children were home, they came there and uh, with bullhorns and and started uh, protesting and threatening people in the streets. We need to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So I was talking a little bit about that bar hearing. <clears throat> of course, you uh, you probably saw uh, what a, a spectacle it was where the Democrats, uh, they had their plan. They were just going to use their time to make accusations against Barr framed loosely in the form of a question. And anytime he would try to answer, they would immediately cut him off. So well, I'm going to reclaim my time and uh, and insult him further. This is a clip of Madeline Dean. She's a representative out of the Philadelphia area. Thoroughly despicable lady. 
uh, trying to recast what actually happened at that hearing. What I what want people to know is we actually have to hold him accountable to the American people. You saw his affect yesterday. He was disrespectful, spoke over top of every one of us. In particular, he spoke over women. Uh, what? He was disrespectful. Oh, my God. Bill Barr was soft-spoken, attempted to answer the questions, wasn't filibustering, never had an opportunity to filibuster, and was immediately being uh, shut up and insulted and accused of being Hitler. It was uh, one of the worst spectacles. But, you know, you can get away with stuff like this when you control so much of the media like the Democrats do. They won't show what actually took place. They will just show uh, the Democrats uh, grandstanding and engaging it. And the Democrats have internalized now. They know that they've got a um, an ally in the mainstream media and that uh, they will take whatever material that the Democrats give them and use it to the best effect against the Republicans. When the, then the very next day we had this uh, big tech testimony you know, and we had uh, Jim Jordan and Matt Gatz uh, did pretty good jobs of putting the uh, the tech titans on the spot. But, you know, James Sensenbrenner and some of the other members of the committee, both Republican and Democrat, just made utter fools of themselves. And I guess it's because they're kowtowing to these tech titans. You had... Uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Jeff Bezos and uh, Sanjay Patai, the head of uh, Google up there. And um, many of them were overly solicitous, didn't want to talk about the the monopoly power in these tech titans. Nobody that I saw ever asked, well, why isn't Jack Dorsey here answering questions as well? After the uh, the hearing, Senator Kennedy, who has a great way of distilling things down, summarized what, what, what happened. They do discriminate against conservative points of view. Now, the irony is that the Democrats are mad at them because they think the Democrats think they don't discriminate. They, meaning the platforms, don't discriminate enough. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. The Republicans are, why are you silencing uh, conservative viewpoints on your platforms? And uh, the Democrats, well, why aren't you silencing conservative viewpoints even more? Why are you allowing the president of the United States to have a, a social media account and, and represent these um, taboo v- views that, uh, that we have settled on? At one point, um, this, uh, this CEO of Google actually said that we don't manually um, – blacklist anybody on our platform. And then when he was pressed on it, he admitted, yeah, well, uh, we do manually uh, blacklist people, but we don't censor them. (laughs) You know, he just turns right back around. Again, you can get away with this when you control the media because they only play the clips that uh, support their point of view. I guess I'm guilty of that, too, but I'm not holding myself out as news. I'm holding myself out as a, you know, news and commentary show. But that's their that's their tactic. Uh, It's sort of an Orwellian doublespeak. 
I make a statement, I didn't do it. You point out where I did do it. I have to admit that I did do it, but then I turn right back around and say I didn't do it. The great Ann Coulter predicted a lot of this. This is kind of a long clip, but I want you to hear it. I've been waiting for this even before Trump came along. I just think we'll all wake up one day and I'll try to go to Breitbart and won't be able to get there. I'll try to email you and won't be able to get there. Um, I won't be able to find the Drudge Report. Um, The Internet has been a disaster for the left. Why? And this isn't just a liberal issue, but this is my perspective on it. The left already controls all the institutions. They have all the networks. They have all the newspapers. They have the schools. They have the universities. They're teaching preschoolers white privilege. They can't possibly gain anything from the Internet. No, the Internet, oh my gosh, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to conservatives. So that is what they need to go to go after and shut it down. And they play this game. I mean, now, once Trump came along, now it's just direct censorship, um, as is happening to, to Breitbart. Um, but even, even the things that seem content neutral, um, it's, it's like the old line, the law in its majesty prevents a prince or a pauper from sleeping under the bridge. Well, it really kind of impacts the pauper a little bit more. Any attack on the Internet, on total free speech on the Internet, is a disaster for conservatives, which is what we're finding. And the stories you guys were telling me the other night of what, I mean, I suppose I shouldn't pay attention to these things more. I am I am trying to communicate, but I pretty much just send out my tweets and I don't know or care who <laughs> reads them. Um, they're out there. But people who actually run businesses like Breitbart pay attention to these things, and it's really shocking what's what is being done to Breitbart. This is a major threat. I'm a little ticked off at at Donald Trump right now. But one thing that he's done, we may never get a wall, but his concept of fake news has been so important, so great, because who is he calling fake news? That's what they've been trying to, that was the first attack on places like Breitbart. Oh, it's inaccurate, you can't trust it. Evan Osnos in The New Yorker recently wrote something about how um, Americans are ill-equipped to determine credible news from from the incredible. Um, And, you know, they'll believe stories from unfamiliar sources with typos. (laughs) Well, okay, how about this week with the YouTube shooting, which I don't have a job, luckily, so I can sit around and watch TV all day, and when that story first broke... Is being covered like the moon landing. MSNBC brought in Brian Williams. It was 24-7. They're flying all the reporters out to YouTube headquarters. And then a few hours later, I, I noticed completely gone. Not a mention of that story anyplace. Oh, it turns out it was another problem of immigration. It was an Iranian shooter, so they don't they don't want to mention it. This is an application of the Coulter rule after a mass shooting or, you know, the longer it takes them to tell you the perpetrator's name, the less likely it is that it was a white man. (laughs) So what most people do now because of all of the fake news and my entire career has really been exposing the fake news we've been getting from the mainstream media forever on, on McCarthy, Joe McCarthy and and Alger Hiss and fake news on Darwinism, um, fake news on race crimes. Um, it's just been peddled to the metal recently. They, the, the, the old institutions of 
of news communication are acting like the internet doesn't exist. But I suspect most of you, I'm well. Well, what the the internet has done more than anything is uh, show the contrast of what the media decides to cover and what they decide to ignore. You know, we've been treated to all of these riots as a result, so-called, of uh, the the killing of George Floyd, and they focused almost completely on George Floyd, who, by the way, was a career criminal who had advanced heart disease, and the system was full of fentanyl and um, and um, methamphetamines at the time. But they don't focus on a, a fellow named uh, Burnell Trammell in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who was a, uh, a strong Trump supporter. He was also a very religious man. He operated a, um, a, a local publication, I guess you'd call it a, a newsletter, um, and he was constantly calling people uh, to God and calling them to vote for the re- re-election of Donald Trump. The man was assassinated. It was a political assassination. took took place right out in front of his offices. You don't hear any of that. You didn't hear Obama mentioned the name of Bernal Trammell at John Lewis's funeral. That's a political assassination because the man dared to step off the Democrat plantation and express, you know, a, 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 an independent view. So he doesn't count. In the words of Joe Biden, if you if you uh, support Trump, you ain't black. We are living in crazy times. Confucius said, may you be blessed and live in interesting times. And these most certainly are interesting. I just worry about the future of this country and whether it's going to survive all of this. I've got a, uh, a clip here that I promised to play. This is from uh, the Mojo River Fish. You got to up your game, River Fish. This is uh, one of his bad jokes of the day. Totally bad joke of the day. But it's science fact. It's fact. It used to take me 10 minutes to walk to the bar, but an hour to walk back. The difference is staggering. 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 I used to, when I was a young man, always uh, live within crawling distance of my favorite uh, pub. Hey, I want to plug, uh, put a plug in here. I'll be filling in for Jeremy Leahy on his show Standing Ground this Saturday night from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time right here on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. I hope you'll tune into that. And I hope you'll be back here again Monday for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Look forward to talking to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. 
Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.